Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with an up-to-date overview of the Kenyan financial markets. However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color Podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This is episode number 37, and this week we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the first week of 2023. That is from Tuesday the 3rd to Friday the 6th of January. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. We kick off the podcast in the Eurozone, where according to data released on Friday by Eurostat, inflation in the Eurozone dropped for a second consecutive month in December as headline inflation, which includes food and energy prices, came in at 9.2% on an annual basis. This follows from November's headline inflation rate of 10.1%, which represented the first contraction in prices since June 2021. The Eurozone economy has come under immense pressure as food and energy prices rose in the wake of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And in response, the European Central Bank increased interest rates four times in 2022 in an attempt to contain inflation. Across the Atlantic to the United States, where growth in jobs decelerated in the month of December, but was still better than expected, a sign that the U.S. labor market remains strong despite efforts by the Federal Reserve to slow down economic growth. Non-farm payrolls increased by 223,000 for the month, while the unemployment rate fell to 3.5%. The growth in jobs was a slight decrease from the 256,000 new jobs reported in November, which was revised downwards by 7,000 jobs from the initial estimate. The growth in wages was less than expected, which indicated that inflationary pressures may be weakening as the average hourly earnings rose 0.3% for the month, and increased by 4.6% on an annual basis. In the equity markets, U.S. stocks advanced on Friday after the December jobs data showed signs that inflation may be cooling off, signaling that the Fed Reserve's rate hikes are having their intended effect. 
the Dow Jones Industrial Average increased by 700 points to close at 33,630, while the S&P 500 added about 2.2% to settle at 3,895. And the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite added 2.6% to end the session at 10,569. The stock market rally on Friday helped all the major averages to close in positive territory for the first week of the new year. In the bond market, the yield on U.S. Treasury bonds ticked lower on Friday as investors digested the weaker-than-expected growth in wages, which was an indication that inflation could be weakening and therefore the Federal Reserve may have to reconsider its aggressive approach to hiking interest rates. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note was down by 16 basis points at 3.56%, while the two-year Treasury yield fell about 19 basis points to 4.264%, and the yield on the 30-year Treasury bond was down about 12 basis points at 3.68%. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil held steady on Friday as the market balanced between a weaker U.S. dollar and a better-than-expected U.S. jobs report. However, both crude benchmarks ended the first week of the new year lower due to concerns about a global recession. Brent crude fell 12 cents or 0.2% to settle at 78.57 US dollars a barrel, whilst the US benchmark WTI, that's West Texas Intermediate, rose 10 cents or 0.1% to settle at 73.77 US dollars a barrel. For the first week of the year, both Brent and WTI were down over 8%. Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, declined to 77.19 US dollars a barrel. This is compared to 80.69 US dollars the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold was on track for its third consecutive week of gains as it rose 1% on Friday to a seven month high. Gold has received a boost from a weaker US dollar as well as declining US Treasury yields after U.S. economic data cemented expectations of a less hawkish Federal Reserve going forward. For your information, higher interest rates tend to diminish the appeal for gold and raise the opportunity cost of holding the non-yielding asset. In the meantime, the price of gold jumped 1.9% to $1,867 per ounce, its highest level since the 13th of June last year. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as usual, we start off by looking at exchange rates. According to data from the central bank, the Kenyan shilling remained stable against both major international and regional currencies. At the end of the week, the Kenyan shilling was trading at 123.48 versus the U.S. dollar and 148.72 versus the sterling pound and to the euro. The Kenya shilling was trading at 131.15. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 30.17 Ugandan shillings, 18.90 Tanzanian shillings, and to the Rwandese franc at 
0.66. On foreign exchange reserves, according to the central bank, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at 7.38 billion US dollars, which is equivalent to 4.13 months of import cover. And this meets the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves increased after the International Monetary Fund disbursed an additional $462 million under the Extended Credit Facility and the Extended Fund Facility. In the money markets, the liquidity situation in the interbank market improved significantly during the week as government payments exceeded and more than offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 12.7 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 6.35% compared to 6.32% the previous week. During the past week, the average value traded increased to 18 billion shillings from 17.5 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 5th of January, and the central bank received bids totaling 31.6 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 132%. Meanwhile, interest rates increased marginally but remained stable, with the 91-day rate rising by 2.3 basis points to 9.39%, while the 182-day rate inched up by just 1.3 basis points to 9.84%, and the 364-day rate increased by 6.1 basis points to 10.37%. And in the primary bond market, the central bank has invited bids for the January bond issue and is looking to raise 50 billion shillings through the sale of two reopened fixed coupon treasury bonds whose terms and conditions are as follows. The first bond is FXD1 stroke 2020 stroke 005 with 2.4 years left to maturity and a coupon at 11.667%. The second bond is FXD1 stroke 2022 stroke 015 with 14.3 years left to maturity and a coupon at 13.942%. These bonds are now open for sale until this coming Tuesday, the 10th of January, 2023. In the domestic secondary market, bond turnover declined by 59% during the week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on a downward trajectory and declined by an average of 13 basis points, with the 2024 maturity declining by 14 basis points to 12.80%. And at the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market recorded a mixed performance, with the NASI declining by 0.5%, while the NSE 20 and the NSE 25 gained by 1.7% and 0.7% respectively. 
This takes the year-to-date performance to a loss of 0.4% for the NASI and a gain of 1.8% and 0.5% for the NSC20 and the NSC25 respectively. The market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by large cap stocks such as Safaricom and Absa Bank which declined by 2.7% and 2% respectively. These losses were however mitigated by gains recorded by other large cap stocks such as Standard Chartered Bank, Diamond Trust Bank and East African Breweries which rose by 5.4%, 4% and 3.7% respectively. Meanwhile, market capitalization, equity turnover and total shares traded increased by 0.3%, 60% and 35% respectively. Next up is the topical issue. Our topical issue this week is on the possibility of a global recession in 2023. According to a comprehensive study by the World Bank, we may be edging towards a global recession in 2023 with the increased probability of a financial crisis in emerging markets and developing economies. According to the report, central banks around the world have been raising interest rates throughout 2022 in an attempt to bring inflation under control. This trend is likely to continue with central banks expected to raise global monetary policy rates to an average of about 4% in 2023. To reduce global inflation to their target levels, central banks may need to raise interest rates by an additional two percentage points, which could drag down global economic growth to 0.5% in 2023. The following historical indicators of a global recession are already flashing warning signs. The first, the global economy is now in its steepest slowdown since 1970. The second, global consumer confidence has suffered a much sharper decline than in the run-up to previous global recessions. The third, The world's three largest economies, that is the United States, China, and the Eurozone, have all slowed down significantly. Despite these warning signs, central banks still need to bring inflation under control. However, according to the World Bank, they will need to do so in a way that avoids igniting a global recession and will require a concerted effort by both central banks and fiscal authorities. First of all, central banks must communicate policy decisions clearly and in a timely manner because this could help to anchor inflation expectations and reduce the degree of tightening required to contain inflation. In addition, emerging market and developing economies should strengthen their prudential regulations and build up their foreign exchange reserves. Secondly, fiscal authorities will need to carefully manage the withdrawal of fiscal support measures whilst ensuring consistency with monetary policy objectives. Policymakers should also put in place credible medium-term plans and provide targeted relief to vulnerable households. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color Podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, Please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. 
For your information, the Market Color Podcast is now available on all major directories, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri is spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a lovely week ahead. And remember, you do not come alone. You stand on the shoulders of the ancestors who came before you. Therefore, make them proud by being an inspiration to the next generation. Thank you and God bless.